the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. All about golf, from putting to driving, from hooks to whatever. Now, here's your host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, Rich Styles. And a good golf morning to you. Welcome to the show. The Back Nine Boys Golf Show is brought to you by Mizuno Golf, Reach Beyond, by Club Car, the leader in sport utility and personal vehicles, by RSM, proud sponsor of the RSM Classic, giving back to our community, and by Bridgestone Golf. Get fitted today for your Tour B ball that fits your swing. On the show, we're going to talk with cigar expert Eric Nelson of Certa Fresh Cigars. We'll talk about the various cigars that us golfers use on and off the course. Then we'll talk with Corey Snyder, founder and creator of Revolve All-in-One Golf Bag, a bag that you can carry and push. And then finally, we'll hear stories about Bobby Jones from his grandson, Dr. Bob Jones IV, an Atlanta sports psychologist, and we'll also ask him some questions about when golfers come to see him for suggestions, what he tells them. But first up this morning is cigar expert with Certifresh Cigars, Eric Nelson. Good morning, Eric, and welcome to the Back Nine Boys podcast. Well, good morning, Rich. How are you doing today? I am doing great and can't wait to hear about what you recommend. But first, tell us more about Certifresh Cigars. Well, Sort of Fresh Cigar, we've been around for 23 years uh, in the golf industry, and we custom package premium cigars, and we uh, put them in nice custom packaging that has either the golf event, the golf club, uh, or any other event you may have at the, at the club going on right on the package. So it kind of pairs uh, event to a nice premium cigar. And how long does it take for the packaging to be done for the event or for the tournament or whatever? Well, it's a great takeaway. We guarantee all of our cigars fresh for over one year. Okay. And it removes in that packaging. You are not required to have a humidor, so the golf courses can sell them at multiple points of sale. So you can sell them at the halfway house, at the pro shop, at the bar. Okay. Uh, it really has removed the requirement for a standalone humidor. And then they just have to send you a logo or what they want on the label? That's right. That's right. All right. How many different varieties does CertiFresh offer for us to choose from? Well, we, uh, we work with all the main uh, major cigar manufacturers of uh, premium cigars. And right now our current uh, lineup has over 40 cigars on it. But uh, inside our humidor, because we have a lot of special requests from customers, uh, we have well over 100 different cigars that we carry. Okay, so if you don't have it in stock and they want a special one, you can get it? Absolutely. Okay, and what are the most popular? I mean, I smoke, and the only time I smoke a cigar is on the golf course. Uh, that's a very common, very common theme, Rich, is uh, the uh, a lot of times guys smoke is when they're out on the golf course. Uh, but, you know, we carry all the major, uh, major manufacturers, Ashton, Davidoff, Oliva, Rocky Patel, uh, Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, Fuente, uh, to name a few. Alec Bradley is another one. Have you ever done any research to find out why golf and uh, smoking cigars uh, that they go together, but usually only on the golf course? <laughs> well, I, I think of it, you know, golf is... It is such a fun sport, such a nice, relaxing sport. Uh, some may disagree with the relaxing piece of it, but uh, <laughs> cigars kind of pair up nicely with that. You get to go out and enjoy a nice afternoon, a nice morning, uh, and 
a cigar goes well out, outside in the weather like that, and it helps relax, helps the person relax weather on the course. And I've also seen an uptick as far as uh, accessories to hold your cigar, whether it clips to the golf cart or uh, you know, to various places on the golf cart, but that people can, can get those, and I see a lot of those at the golf course. Yep, there are. There are a lot of uh, a lot more accessories coming around for uh, cigars that will attach, uh, or holders that will attach to the golf carts. Uh, we sell them. Uh, we okay. have a lot of accessories. We also have torches and even ashtrays that are customized uh, to the event or to the course as well. Uh, that's just another thing that we've added in the last year and a half. Uh, we've had more and more requests from our over 3,000 customers throughout the U.S. Uh, to add that. So they have a one-stop shop to call as opposed to trying to figure out how to source that stuff themselves. Yeah, and you and work... I think it's great that, uh, you know, you're not seeing the burn marks on, yeah. on golf carts anymore because of the holders that are out there. Yeah, one of the things that I've noticed, though, some of the guys that, that I play with or some of the guys that I see on the course, they just kind of, when it's ready for their shot, they just kind of drop the cigar on the ground and then pick it up and keep going. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's that's common, too, and... You know, those holders, they remove that uh, ability for that cigar to get wet right. or chemicals on it. Right. Um, and But you're right. We see that all the time. And guys I play with where they even have holders on the carts, they still walk up to the green with the uh, cigar in their mouth and just drop it right next to where they're putting. Yeah. How many courses, Eric, do you work with? Uh, do you supply? And they do private. You do, you know, public, you know, semi-private. How many courses? Well, you may have heard me mention earlier, we have over 3,000 uh, golf courses, resorts uh, that we do, uh, work with, partner with, and help provide cigars with throughout the U.S. And how long does it take when someone orders, especially if they want a custom label, how long does it take for that to happen? Can you do that in two weeks, four weeks? What is the, the turnaround time? It's days. Oh. Uh, it, it, as soon as we receive the logo and the artwork, uh, we will have that turned around within 24 hours. Once it's approved, it ships routinely within 24 hours. Wow. That's uh, pretty incredible. Give us the website so our listeners can go to it and uh, and check out everything about Certifresh. Certainly. It's www.certifreshcigar.com. That's C-E-R-T-I-F-R-E-S-H-C-I-G-A-R.com. And... As far as Certifresh is concerned, when you go to the PGA show, you have a, a booth, and I assume you're going for 2023. We are. We are. Uh, we're just finalizing our lineup for next year and, and uh, working with all our manufacturers and, and uh, making sure that we have uh, a great lineup available for our customers in 23, uh, and then also some new stuff that's coming out, which uh, will be released at the show. And can you give us any kind of hint of what some of that new stuff might be? Uh, we'll have some different packaging available, uh, different options for post-round events. Uh, we've tried it in a couple different markets, and it went over really well, and uh, we're excited to bring it forward. And you also work with humidors and other things to take care of the cigars, even though some of yours don't need it for about a year. Well, our cigars don't require it, but yes, we do. Uh, there are some golf courses that still request uh, the traditional look of a humidor, and, and uh, we help source that for them. And uh, we have a few courses that have a traditional humidor in the bar uh, with uh, 
just standard. I, I call them naked cigars because they don't have our packaging on them. Okay. Um, but those are power. We power those uh, humidors with Bovida packages, which is really the uh, the best piece of our product. Is we use we've partnered with Bovida 23 years ago. Okay. Uh, which is a two-way humidification device that uh, powers both humidors as well as our tubes. And when you're working with someone, what have you found as far as golfers? Do they have you know one around, two around, or I know there's probably some that have more than that, but I saw a guy the other day when I was working at the golf course as a starter that one guy, he must have had 30 cigars. Now, I don't know if he was going to pass them out to everybody, uh, but I don't see any way that he could have smoked those during a round. He might have, but I doubt it. Uh, routinely, you know, we're for the uh, diehard cigar smokers, right? It's one on the front, one on the back. Okay. I have a couple of friends that will, they will go through four, but they're routinely smoking the shorter, either the nubs or the uh, robusto size, which is a shorter cigar, right. which is a, a quicker burn. Yeah. Um, but routinely, it's uh, what we're hearing and what we're seeing is one per round. But uh, we do have those guys that uh, love to have a front nine and a back nine. Now, since COVID, Eric, have you seen an uptick in cigar sales? We have. Uh, as a matter of fact, the industry as a whole was up 40%. Oh, my gosh. In 20. Uh, and then it was, I, I, I don't have the final numbers from uh, 21, but there was significant growth in 21 as well in the cigar industry. Uh, the golf world, we've seen an increase in 21 just because everything opened back up and we right. were able to get back into the pro shops and, and uh, customers were able to buy, get in and buy the uh, F&B and that where in 20 it was kind of locked down. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing a full uh, line of what you offer at the PGA show as well as a full line of the other people that are going to be there that weren't there this year. Um, it should be a great event again. Uh, hope to see you there, and I'll make it a point to see you there. But, Eric, thank you. Always a pleasure to catch up. Hope you have a great day. Rich, always a pleasure talking to you, my friend, and I look forward to seeing you at the show. All right. I'll come and see you especially for that and uh, smoke them if you got them, right? <laughs> Perfect. Give yourself a wonderful day. All right, you too. Eric Nelson with CertiFresh Cigars. Check it out at CertiFresh.com. Next up is Corey Snyder of Revolve Golf with a golf bag that you can carry and push. And speaking of carry, if you want to carry a pizza home, you can do that. The best place to do that is CJ's Italian Restaurant. Check out their full menu at CJ'sItalianRestaurant.com. They have the deep dish, they have thin crust, they have cauliflower crust that come in medium only. But, I mean, they are fantastic. Whatever ingredients you want on it, they've got them. They're starting to make their ingredients right now. They're working on the salads, the salad dressings, which are all homemade. And DoorDash, if you want to order and you don't want to go to the CJ's and pick it up, DoorDash will deliver it for you. All you've got to do is call CJ's at CJ'sItalianRestaurant.com order what you want, DoorDash will go pick it up, or if you want to go pick it up, it's just as easy because they will bring it out to you. CJ's Italian Restaurant. Check out their full menu at cjsitalianrestaurant.com. This is Todd Thompson, the tournament director for the RSM Classic, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. We're glad you're with us. Our next guest is Corey Snyder of Revolve Golf. If you haven't heard of Revolve, you're about ready to because they've got something that is unique. Good morning, Corey, and welcome to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Good morning, Rich. 
Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me this morning. All right. As I said, Revolve is, I haven't heard of Revolve in a while. Uh, I did talking to my friend Joe, and you have something very unique, an all-in-one golf bag. Tell us about it. Well, it started during COVID when I had a, three bags in my garage full of clubs. And I said, it would be great if it had some wheels on it so I didn't have to carry the bags around. Yeah. So I got some lawnmower wheels and I drilled a hole and I took the handle from my wife's luggage bag <laughs> and I designed a little bag and that's how it started. And that's how you came up with the idea. Yep. And then uh, I went to a friend of mine in the golf business and I showed him and I said, what do you think? And he said, wow, it's really good. And then we researched and went on from there. And how long from when you uh, took your lawnmower wheels and your wife's handle from her luggage <laughs> uh, to production to now having the bag ready to be that anybody can buy, how long did that take? Uh, it took us about three years. Okay. So it started in COVID years, a couple of years back. And then by the time we did our you know research and development, and got it produced. It took over three years. Yeah. And once you get it produced, I mean, you probably then do some tweaks to it before you're ready to go to market. Correct. We, we went back and forth and worked on it till we got it how we want. And uh, we're, we're pretty satisfied with what we got right now. All right. One of the things that I noticed also is that the bag, you can take the wheels off if you want to carry it without the wheels, but you can also carry it with the wheels. What's the difference? That's correct. What's the difference? Yeah, I in wanted weight? it to be a, a stand bag, a normal stand bag. Okay. The base, I, I wanted to have the harness to carry. And then from there, I wanted you to have the option of wheeling it. And if you, if you get by a green, instead of pushing it all the way around the green, you could carry it across the green. It saves you some steps. Yeah. And so what's the difference in weight with the wheels and without? Uh, it's about eight pounds without, and I believe only less than 10 pounds with the wheels. Oh, the wheels are very light, yeah. polymer wheels. And I'm sure you have technology and you come out with a book that shows you how to take the wheels off and then put the wheels back on. Obviously, it's got to be very simple. Yeah, very, very easy. Uh, there's a video on the website and there's a little button on the top. You just push it down, the wheels come off, and the same way putting it back on. Takes and, a second. Okay. And you've also come out with some different colors. Um, I was very impressed with the colors that I saw. Uh, nice. I mean, they're not black. They're not all white. I mean, they're two-tone, which I think are great. Yeah, we have yellow, blue, and black right now. And, uh, yeah, the colors, we wanted to make it for women, for women also. Right. So we tried to keep it looking nice. Right. But those colors are also with gray. So, I mean, I don't want people to think that it's a total black bag or a total yellow bag, but I, I really right. like the combinations that you've done. Yes. The colors are nice. And give us your website so our folks can go to it and check out what you've got. All right. The website is revolvegolf.com. And I just want to mention, I do have a partner that when, when we when I first started the bag, I went to my partner, Robert Chorney is his name. And he, he's with Nassau Golf and on Long Island. And uh, he's, he's my partner. And we, we spent a lot of time because we play a lot of Bethpage 
Ah. And we play the we play the Black Horse. We're from Long Island, so you have to walk. So right. this is another reason. A lot of the municipal courses where they make you, you know, you want to walk. It's cheaper. Right. So the bag really came from me walking the Black my whole life. Huh. And your buddies, after they've seen you with the bag, I'm sure they all wanted one. <laughs> but all the people that see it, they all kind of go, oh, my gosh, where can I get one of those? Yes, they're, they're on sale right now, revolvegolf.com. Uh, we're doing a, a code for you, a coupon code. Oh, awesome. So if you do uh, back nine boys, you put in the code and you'll get $50 off the bag. And if you put in your email and your phone number, you'll get free shipping too. Whoa. So it's over $70 value. That's awesome. And how long does it take once people put in an order and put in the code of back nine boys? How long will it take for someone to receive their Revolve bag? Uh, depending where they live, anywhere from three to five days. Oh, that's awesome. What are and the we most... do ship to internationally also. Oh, that's that. I have a couple of friends in England that listen to us every Saturday. So that's great. Awesome. Um, yeah, I just shipped one to Ireland. Okay. Uh, the other day. Yep. Not sure that was one of our listeners, but we can pretend that it was. That's okay. Um, <laughs> And uh, so your buddies have seen it, and are you going to the PGA show with it? Yes, we were in the PGA show in Orlando. Okay. And I just came back from Miami. I went to the Miami show, and uh, we did pretty good. It was nice. Really? Because there's a lot of competition out there on golf bags, not many with wheels. Yes, we, we have a couple of some competition. Right. But like I said, we wanted to make ours a stand bag. Pretty much. And then the wheels are very sturdy and the bag is very strong. If you look at our competition, they're very flimsy bags. Our handle goes all the way to the bottom of the bag and it makes it really, really sturdy. You, you don't break the spine in the back and it, it's very strong. And I think that's a great point that I think, you know, we want to stress is the quality of the bag and the way that it was made is much better and hands above some of the others that are out there now. Yeah, correct. I, I, I took a lot of time because I don't want to sell anything that's not good. Right. So I, I made sure that, you know, it, throw it down the stairs, whatever it takes to make sure that nothing's going to break when I sell it. How many people take their bags and throw them down the stairs? No, I know, but you, know, <laughs> you slam your trunk on them, you do a lot of things to them. <laughs> we know golfers like to throw things. I'm not sure. I've not seen bags thrown as often as I've seen clubs. <laughs> and so it, it really, it started with walking from from your car. I, I grew up in you know playing municipal courses, so right. walking from your car, we don't have a bag drop where someone takes it out. So at Bethpage, the driving range was on one side. And the cart barn's on the other, and if you have to walk, it's it ends up being a lot of walking. So, well, you've done a lot of walking. If you've walked at Beth Page, I mean, every time, <laughs> what do you put in? Like seven miles, is or is yeah, it more? Yeah, play. I played with the club there, Nassau Players Club, and we played the black every weekend. Really? Yeah. And how do you do? Uh, sometimes good, sometimes bad. <laughs> I think I shot one thirty-three. That was my high. 133. And what's your low? Uh, I shot 75 there. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I... my club championship, I shot four rounds under 80. Awesome. 
Yeah. And all so. because of the bag too, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> it made my shoulder feel better. <laughs> <laughs> Which means you could get through your swing better. <laughs> All right, Corey, give us the website again so our listeners can go to it and uh, also give us the special code that you've had for the Back Nine Boys. Yes, it's revolvegolf.com, and it's just put Back Nine Boys. That's it. And how is it priced competitively? Uh, right now, we have a, a $3.99 price. But we're doing the coupon codes, the free shipping, and we're going to go from there. All right, plus the Back Nine Boys code. So we appreciate it. Corey, thank you for being with us. I will look for you, especially at the PGA show. And uh, I hope you have a great day. And uh, congrats on uh, shooting 75 at uh, Beth Page. That's awesome. Yep. Thank you very much for having us. All right, you have a blessed day. Corey Snyder with uh, Revolve Golf and the all-in-one golf bag. Take a look at it at revolvegolf.com. Put in back nine boys for the code. You can save 50 bucks, and then there's also free shipping. Unbelievable and a great idea. Up next is Dr. Bob Jones, the fourth Atlanta sports psychologist and the grandson of Bobby Jones. But first, let me remind you about some new clubs that you might want to put in that new Revolve golf bag. They're from Mizuno. They have new irons that are coming out, the 923 and 925s. They actually are out, and they will improve your game, and they will help you reach beyond. And then you add that to the driver, the fairway metals, the hybrids, and you're on your way to game improvement, which is what we're all looking for. And then check out their new models of Mizuno putters. They have the blades. They have the mallets. And they have different weights, uh, 3, 8, and 13 weights that you can put in the putter if you want to do it based on the various greens that you play. But check out everything, including their stand bags, at MizunoGolf.com. Mizuno Golf. Reach beyond. This is PGA professional Steve Scott, and you're listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back. I'm Rich Stiles. Bobby Jones was the greatest amateur golfer around, and his grandson, Dr. Bob Jones, is here to share some of those memories. We'll also talk to him about what he talks about with us amateur golfers. Good morning, Dr. Bob. How are you? Good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, and I hope you are too. I am, and it's also great. As you know, we, you and I just enjoy this time of the year when we can talk about your grandfather. I also want to talk to you about what you tell some of the golfers out there. But first, you shared a story on Facebook the other day that I thought was fantastic about the 1929 amateur tournament where your grandfather, you called him Bub, took a train to California. Can you tell us that story again? Oh, oh, absolutely. I'd be happy to. Um, yes, in 1929, the U.S. amateur was going to be played at Pebble Beach. And that of Pebble Beach was very new at the time. And so this was a real experiment and adventure for the USGA, first to play on such a new course, and second to go uh, west of the Mississippi, so far west that you actually hit an ocean. <laughs> and Bub got out there and was the heavy favorite to win the championship. And the USGA, I'm sure, was hoping that he would win the championship as well, because that would really help the attendance. Right. Unfortunately, Bub was absolutely stunned in the very first round by Johnny Goodman. Uh, Goodman defeated Bub and sent him packing right at the beginning of the tournament. Mm. Now, years later, Goodman would go on to become the last amateur to ever win a United States Open. But at this point, nobody had heard of him. So meanwhile, Bub, uh, Bub had now two weeks' worth of time uh, to fill. 
he was supposed to play an exhibition at Pasatiempo before he returned uh, to Atlanta, but uh, he decided what he would do is he would officiate a match because he felt, as a member of the USGA Executive Committee, that way he could you know, have some influence on things. Right. And he went out to officiate the match, and the problem was that so many people were there to see him that uh, nobody was paying attention to the players. So he realized that didn't work. The next day, he spent some time talking with Alistair McKenzie, the golf course architect who would later work with him on Augusta National. And McKenzie suggested that he come out to Cypress Point, a new course that was not too far from Pebble Beach, and play a little exhibition game with Francis Wiemet and also with a Californian named Roger Lapham and the, um, the ubiquitous player to be named later. Well, it turned out the player to be named later was a young man who was a student at Yale University, but also from California, named Lewis Lapham, Roger Lapham's son. Hmm. And Lewis was actually a fairly good player. He hit the ball a mile, but he was kind of shocked when he picked up the telephone and there was his father saying, hey, oh, by the way, you're playing golf tomorrow with me, Bobby Jones, and Francis Wiemet. Wow. So they, they get to the golf course. Uh, as I said, Lewis was, was capable of hitting the golf ball a very long way, but he was really wild and really rusty and really, really scared. And finally, after about four or five holes of this, uh, Lapham, uh, Lapham the Younger, Lewis Lapham, he hits a tee shot into the fairway. He's about out there even with Bub, and Bub, but Bub is slightly away, and so Bub turns across the fairway and very loudly asks Lewis, hey, Lewis, what would you play from here? And Lewis told him the club to play, and Bub very also in a way that the gallery could hear. There were a couple of hundred people there. Right. Bub said to the caddy, uh, give me the club that Lewis just mentioned. And he hit a nice shot in there about six feet from the hole. Now, later, Lapham would say he had absolutely no doubt that Bobby Jones did not require any input from him on what clubs to hit in any given situation. But he said it sure went a long way to calm him down. <laughs> and after that, they had a wonderful, a wonderful round. Coming up the final hole, Lapham said to, to Bob, he said, Bob, he said, uh, you know, how do you play in front of all these people and not be nervous? And Bob just looked at him and said, well, Lewis, he said, I do get very nervous. The trick is to not let them know about it. <laughs> But you know, Rich, what's really, really neat is uh, last week I went up to Chevy Chase Club uh, with a dear friend, Connor Lewis, and we did an event at Chevy Chase. And literally five minutes after I got up there, I was talking with Connor and Stephen Britton, who's their golf course superintendent. And Stephen said to me, you know, we got a guy here. We've got a guy here who tells the most interesting story about your grandfather at Cypress Point. Hmm. And I said, well, tell me about it. And he starts telling me this story. And I said, well, who on earth is, 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 this, is this man? And he said, um, he said his name is, is, is uh, Nick Lapham, and his grandfather was Lewis Lapham. And then we're looking out the ninth hole at Chevy Chase, and Stephen goes, and in fact, I think that's him coming up the ninth hole right now. Oh, my gosh. And so 
I, ha- I got the wonderful opportunity to spend about 15 minutes meeting, meeting Nick, and we, were, we ended up having a great time just sharing stories about our grandfather. Oh, I'll bet. Now, only in golf could something like that happen. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, sharing stories about your grandfather, both playing each other, uh, yeah. just an unbelievable and once-in-a-lifetime moments. Oh, no question. No yeah. question. And it was, it was a wonderful trip, a, a great place, and uh, uh, I, re- I really, really enjoyed it, but especially I enjoyed it from having the opportunity to meet Nick. Oh, I'll bet. I'll bet. Well, you, you mentioned what, what your grandfather said about playing in front of crowds, so I know you play in front of a lot of crowds. Does it bother you? You know, strangely enough, it doesn't. Uh, it used to. Oh, my gosh, it used to bother me terribly. Because of the pressure of being uh, Bobby Jones' grandson. Yeah, right. exactly. But, you know, now at 65 years old, I finally have realized, Rich, that um, uh, nobody really cares how I play. And, in fact, when I have to do things like I hit the ceremonial first ball, a tee shot at Eastlake a couple of years ago. Right. And then I hit the first tee shot at the renovation of Bobby Jones' golf course. And I have to do stuff like that periodically. And one of the things I finally realized is when I'm in those situations, people actually really want me to do well. And I mean, and and also, but they also understand that if I don't, well, geez, how does anybody do well in that situation? (laughs) And, you know, that's kind of relaxing when you think about it that way. Yeah. Well, and again, by the, which by the way, gets to a point and that is, how we think about something very often determines our response to it. Well, and you're right. I mean, because we think one way, and it could be totally opposite of what others are thinking, so we put more pressure on ourselves. Mm. All the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. So when you went to Eastlake or you go to Augusta, what are your thoughts about your grandfather, Bobby Jones? Well, you know, they're different, of course, by different places. I mean, when I'm at Eastlake, you know, I I tend to think about him as a young man uh, and him as he was when he was learning the game. When uh, when I'm at Augusta, it's a little bit different because, you know, when you're at Augusta, you really see um, you really see very, very dramatically the depth um, of his mind in that place. Mm-hmm. Um, in the one hand, you see the relaxed Bob Jones at home, but at Augusta, you see, um, you see, you just see the full force of who Bobby Jones was. It's, it's hard to explain, but that's kind of, that, that's, that's kind of the difference uh, yeah. that I, as I, as I see it. Well, and I've, as I've talked to several people who've been to Augusta and it was their first time and they said I just I just did not know that it was so hilly and my legs yeah. just got unbelievably tired but the other thing that I've heard from Paul Tesori and some of the other pro caddies is that a lot of people don't know that there are very few even lies at Augusta a lot of them are downhill uphill side hill and very rarely do you get an even lie at Augusta National um, I'll, I'll go a little farther than that. Uh, I'll go a little farther than that. I don't think there are any. <laughs> I re- no, I, well, I take that back. There are 18 level lies. The T-Box. National. 
That's it. Yeah. Okay. And, and and sometimes those uneven lies are very very subtle. Now the one thing that makes Augusta National, especially on old knees, a little bit easier to walk um, is the fact that most of those hills are, you know, you're either going uphill or downhill. There are very few circumstances where you're walking where you're walking side hill. Right. And that does make it a lot easier on the knees. Yeah, I'll bet it does. Are there any other stories, uh, Bob, about your grandfather that stand out from the rest, like the one you just told us? I mean, I know you have thousands of stories about him, and I think they're all just wonderful, but is there one that kind of stands out? Well, that is certainly uh, that is certainly <laughs> one of them. But I think the best story, Rich, that stands out the most to me was uh, in the in the United States Open in that same year in 1929 at Wingfoot. Bub had a commanding lead after 54 holes, and uh, even after the front nine of the you know, after 63 holes, he still had a pretty strong lead, um, and got to a point where really. All he had to do was just not collapse. Right. He would win the tournament. And as often happened to him, um, he ended up collapsing. He made mm. a triple bogey uh, seven at the 15th hole. He bogeyed a uh, pard 16, bogeyed 17. Uh, he had bogeyed, I believe, 14. Oh, wow. And he came to the 18th hole, and now he needed a par just to tie Al Espinosa and force a playoff. And uh, he had ended up, after two shots, he had ended up uh, in the front, uh, front left of that very tricky 18th green. And he pitched his shot up, his third shot up, to about 12 feet left of the hole. So now he has this little 12-footer going down the hill, a little bit left to right. right. And, he ha- and he has to hold this thing to um, to uh, force the playoff. So he strokes his putt. Uh, Grantland Rice would later say that it was so still and so quiet that you could have literally heard a pin drop by hmm. that green, even with all the thousands of people there. And he said the ball rolled up just to the edge of the hole and looked like it was going to just stop right on the edge, and then at the very last it rolled in it, fell into the cup wow. and forced the playoff. Mm. Now, you know, a lot of people in that circumstance, I think, would be really, really angry with themselves and very self-focused. Uh, because after all, he'd blown a five-shot lead. Right. Had to make this miraculous shot just to force the playoff. Right, right. Here's what happens. The United States Golf Association comes to him and says, you'll have the playoff tomorrow morning and it'll start at eight o'clock. And Bub looked back at the chairman and said, I'm sorry, but we can't do that. We've got to, we've got to push it back a little bit, maybe to like nine. Now, how many people do you know that would say, say to the USGA, <laughs> Hey, wait a minute, we can't play this event when you want to We're right. have to do it a little later. Right. Instead, the USGA said to him, he said, well, Bob, why do we need to do that? He said, well, Al's a Catholic. He has to go to Mass in the morning. Oh, my gosh. Because the playoff was on Sunday in those right, days. Right, right. And so the next morning, I believe, is at St. Vito's, I think, or St. Vincent, one of those. Okay. Uh, the church doesn't exist anymore. Uh, uh, Al Espinosa and his wife were on the front row to attend Mass, 
and sitting right next to them were my grandparents. Oh my gosh. Because my grandmother was Catholic also. Wow. So they, they went to mass and then they went out and had the playoff at nine o'clock and Bub defeated Al Espinosa in the playoff by 23 shots. It oh, is still my. the largest margin of victory wow. uh, in a playoff in the USGA history. And some, uh, some wag noted in the press that, uh, that, that that going to mass was the only prayer that Espinosa had all day. <laughs> that is a great, great story. You know, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I've got a black and white photo framed of your grandfather teeing off at Seaside up here at Sea Island on number 13 from 1933. That must have been right. Right around when it opened, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was not not long thereafter. Yeah, I think it was nineteen twenty eight or twenty nine, but it was not long oh thereafter. My. And there was there was several people there. I'm not sure about how many, but um, it's 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 an interesting tee shot. But just having that photo and uh, having it framed, um, I mean, it's just an incredible one that I cherish. Oh, I can imagine. Well, you know, the the Sea Island was very, very important to my grandparents. In fact, um, in fact, it was so important to my family that my parents honeymooned there. Oh, really? Yes. Huh? Yes, in 1949. Small world, and I'm sure they still yes, have the is. photograph because that's one of the things that they, you know, that they really. Uh, do very well is have photographs from many, many years ago. Yes, um, yes, no doubt. Uh, Grove Park Inn up in uh, Asheville does the same right, sort of thing right? Uh, in terms of documenting because my grandparents honeymooned there, and there's a photo of them Oh wow! on their honeymoon. Well, we got to talk about some other things, but first we've got to take a break. <laughs> we'll be back with Dr. Bob Jones IV, grandson of Bobby Jones, right after this on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Steve Melnick, I used to play on the uh, PGA Tour, spent 26 years on the broadcast end of it, and now I look forward to being on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. And welcome back. Speaking of another great amateur, uh, Steve Melnick, uh, we're with uh, Dr. Bob Jones IV, sports psychologist, grandson of Bobby Jones. And Dr. Bob, as a sports psychologist, how do you advise golfers when they come to you and say, I'm not playing the way that I know I can. How can you help me? Uh, that, that's, a, that's a really good question, and you're right. That's one question that I get asked quite a bit. And the answer that I have to start with is this. Um, first of all, and I think I've said this to you before, first of all, that question in and of itself frames the problem really well, and that is, I'm not playing as well as I know that I can. Right. That tells me right off the bat we've got an issue with expectations. Hmm. Uh, they have this expectation that I'm not playing as well as I know that I can. Well, what they're saying when they say that most of the time is they establish their best shots, right? Right. They're, they are saying, well, if I were hitting my best shots like I know I can then I'd be doing a tremendous amount better. But, but here's the problem. The best golf exists in a range, right? 
There's your worst possible shot ever, and there's your best possible shot ever, but most of them fall somewhere in between. Right. Right. And so, you know, you have to start to get them to see that that range in which the golf game exists. So the first thing I want to do is very gently move them away from this understanding of I'm not playing the best that I can. Okay. And just recognize that how you're playing now is how you're playing now. This is what you've got to work with. Right. You always don't have your best. Golf is not a game of perfect, as we've heard from many. and well, uh, Specifically from Dr. Rotella. Yes, and that what you visualize, the high draw or high fade, hitting the best iron or whatever shot you've ever hit, is probably not going to happen. Not often. Right. It's not going to happen right. often. Right. Just like, generally speaking, the average golfer, if, he, if you ask the average golfer, how far do you hit your 7-iron? Right. What they will tell you is, like uh, in my case, if someone were to ask me that question and I, were not the, uh, and I were not, didn't think the way I did, I would be likely to say, oh, well, the farthest I hit my 7-iron is uh, 145 yards. Right. Granted, not as long as I used to, but I am 65. Right. Uh, but in reality, my average is somewhere around 135, right? Right. Now, if I base my shot on 135, well, then I'm going to hit, I'm going to do okay. But if I'm trying to base my shot on my best, then that's going to lead to trouble more times than not. Yeah. So, yeah. so one of the things I like people to do is I like them to know their yardages uh, their real yardages, not their best, their real yardages. In fact, one of the ways I'll have them calculate that is I'll have them hit 10 balls with a club, knock out the shortest and knock out the longest, and then take the average of the remaining eight. And that generally give you a pretty good number. Right, right. Uh, but, but a lot of people then, always think that they hit it farther. Oh, oh we always do. Yeah, don't, yeah. Don't we all? Yeah. I mean, I like to think I still hit my driver you know, 270 yards. <laughs> the only way I'm getting 270 these days is if I've got a hurricane at my back <laughs> and a cart pass. <laughs> and that's the only way that's going to happen. I hear that. Oh. All right. I, I, I got another question. As a sports psychologist, how do you advise golfers? We've got a minute left, and I know it's probably longer than a minute answer. Uh, advise golfers when they um, say, how do I not think about anything in order to play better? Well, I tell them that's impossible. Okay. And, and okay. here's why. Okay. The brain, doesn't, the brain does, cannot execute a negative. In other words, if you want to not do something, you first have to conceptualize in your mind what it is you don't want to do before you can think of how, what you don't want to do. Right. What you do want to do, rather. Yeah. But, but a lot what of I tell people instead is... Focus your attention on what you want to accomplish. Right. And your brain will more likely do that. All right. But not thinking, getting in that zone is hard to do. Well, it is because that too is impossible because you're trying to not do something. Right. Dr. Bob, always a pleasure. I probably need to come and see you. you. By the way, I'm coming to Atlanta in November. I will give you a call and I'll, I'll send you the dates. That'd be great, Rich. I'd love to see you. All right. Always a great day. Thank you for being with us. Thanks, Rich. Take care. All right.
Dr. Bob Jones, the fourth uh, grandson of Bobby Jones, also a sports psychologist with some good advice. Uh, you know, our expectations are our expectations. And we just need to realize that golf is not a game of perfect. And uh, believe me, if you play, you already know that. So thank you for being with us on the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Uh, take us up on backnineboys.com or wherever you listen to podcasts and YouTube. Thank you for being with us again every Saturday, Sunday, 8 to 9, right here. You've been listening to the Back Nine Boys Golf Show with Rich Stiles. Go to backnineboys.com for all things golf whenever you want it. We'll be back next week with an all-new Back Nine Boys at backnineboys.com.